This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. We roll into your place Monday through Friday. If you miss us, though, during the week, we do have on the weekends on AMI-tv the best of Kelly and Ramya. We select some of the segments, and uh, you can check that out. You can also find some of our content up on uh, YouTube. Today, Grant Hardy joining me on the program. And it's time. We do it every Thursday for the Weekly Roundtable. Isn't it convenient that we have a roundtable? Well, it's actually oval. The blind guy feels it now. Goes, well, I don't know. Well, I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. It's um, kind of fortuitous uh, control room, but I'm not laughing because, well, I can laugh because I'm in London. None of you are going to come down here and sort me out. But <laughs> the, that was such a fluky little slip of the finger as we welcome in Greg David, who joins us on the roundtable. Because all I kept thinking, Greg, is Greg's going to stop and think, well, hold on, I, I don't have a segment prepared. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. I heard the first note of my doorbell, and I was scrambling for notes. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about today again? <laughs> if it had continued oh, to play, you know, I would have come out of that, and I would have so so. Greg, what do you got for us? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, let's do that. Come on, Greg. What do you got for I us? I would have been ready to go. My head is so full of useless TV information. I could have rolled with it for 12 minutes, no problem. <laughs> well, guess what? As our guest here on the roundtable, of course, I try to curtail it so that I have something to lead off the top with something that. Might might be a bit more in uh, the Greg David field or the guest field. Uh, seems Richard Simmons is not on board with a movie being made about his life. Tell me who wants to dance! News came Wednesday that a movie was being made about the life of exercise guru Richard Simmons, produced by a subsidiary of Warner Brothers called The Wolper Organization, and that comedian and actor Polly Shore would play the lead role. Oh, buddy. <laughs> but don't count on Simmons' support. He writes on Facebook that he didn't give his permission for the film, he doesn't have a manager or a publicist, and he just tries to live a quiet life. Wolper says it would love to have Simmons involved, but respects his desire for privacy and will produce a movie that honors and celebrates him. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. Polly Shore, can you see him in this role, Greg? <laughs> oh, I absolutely can, and it's so funny that this. Po- yep. I, I, it's so funny that this popped up because I was just on on TikTok checking out uh, Polly Shore some Polly Shore clips because he has a podcast. I could totally see him in this role. I'm also I also remember a few years ago there was a rumor that Richard Simmons had passed away, which was a weird mm-hmm. rumor, but because yeah, of the isolation I, he's living in, right? I think yeah, that's what it, it was. Exactly, exactly. He's he's retreated from the public eyes. But I can absolutely see uh, a movie being made about his life. And boy, Kelly, you and I grew up knowing all about Richard Simmons, you know, from oh, his, his workout videos to his le- legendary late night appearances with David Letterman. Uh, and, uh, and, and even just, uh, I guess it was 10 or so years ago, or I guess it was longer, he was on an, a memorable episode of Whose Line Is It Anyway? You can search for that on social media. But not only can I see them making a movie, I want to go and see this movie. <laughs> interesting thoughts too because he had so much energy um and i think like, i mean i'd want to live in isolation too i would be burned out by now with <laughs> yeah. all the energy that that guy exuded but when you hear somebody say grant oh well i don't really support this now again i i i, I don't i'll maybe let greg comment on this in a second um you know, you hear a company say well we'd love to have you involved we'd like to do this with your blessing and we plan to honor your, your legacy in doing this. I don't know, Grant, would you still, if someone said, well, I don't want you doing it, I don't support it, 
you feel yeah. we need to think about that when it comes to our society? You know, I think we do a little bit. I saw this the other day and I was I was contemplating this and you know for someone who works in the media i'm a fairly private person and i'm not sure i would be stoked about someone making a movie uh about me necessarily and so i can see from his perspective either that i controlled because i just don't think i would have the interest to do that and i would feel a little bit invaded or that i didn't control because then the movie would just come out with actors, storylines that you didn't necessarily agree with or feel were representative of you. So on the one hand, I can see why people will go to this movie and be very entertained. On the other hand, yeah, I might step back a little bit if I were them, knowing that he doesn't approve of it. Yeah, I I can't see stepping back. I I know how our society works, and okay, and I'm sure, Grant, you feel the same. They're not going to step back. Do do we feel they're going to, as they say, honour his life? Now, I think we get to the point where we know, will he appreciate whatever they do? I would prefer to know what's going to come out, what they're doing every step of the way, whether I'm for it or not, whereas it sounds like he wants nothing to do. Don't come to me with footage or story ideas or where you're at. I don't want to know because I am totally against it. I guess I would want to know, but I also don't want to be so negative, Greg, to believe there isn't a production company, a a person putting this together who actually would like to honour the person what about those people wanting to create content films plays whatever no you're right and i mean grant brings up a really good point and you know once you're in the public eye like like once you're at a richard simmons level something's going to be made whether you give it your blessing or not Mm -hmm. and i I agree with you you know when you think about it on the human level do you need to tell this guy's story and and is it what does it mean when you say honor the memory of the person or honor their life Uh, are you going to pull back the curtain on all of the shady stuff that happened you probably are and i'm not saying there's (laughs) anything shady with richard simmons i just mean with celebrities in general you know it's going to be a warts and all story for the most part because you Mm. want to attract attention to your project i guess you know if i if i was richard simmons and i don't know where his headspace is at i might want to see uh, a a draft or a rough cut of it but it's going to be made regardless whether he gives it his blessing or not yeah yeah Yeah. and when we talk about warts and all and again i'm sure there's the the odd person out there that says well what the heck wart do i have that i would be really bothered with but when you start saying no i don't want this done if you're not feeling it's going to invade if you know it's not going to invade your privacy you're not caring if you feel it might maybe you're saying i don't want it done because but then there are those people who just say listen man i'm private i don't want people then sniffing around for interviews what do you think of the film but unfortunately now you're gonna get that because you've said i'm not for it um a report a report by the canadian center for policy alternatives says millions of uninsured canadians are going to be left out of the new canadian federal uh dental program because their family income is too high guys Enrollment began last month for a new federal benefits program, which was developed as a condition of a political pact between the Liberal government and the NDP. It'll see the government offer dental benefits to uninsured families with a household income under $90,000 per year, starting with seniors, children under the age of 18, and people with disabilities. The report's author says when the program is fully implemented in 2025, 4.4 million people who don't have dental benefits of their own will be excluded because of the income gap. Laura Osmond the Canadian press, Ottawa. So a combined income over, let's say, 45 million in a household, banking 90, you're out. A lot of people over that with jobs, they have insurance. They're covered. 
we needed to hit that sector of people grant out there in our communities, the seniors, the disabled community. Sounds like, for the most part, they're going to be covered. But regardless, 95, 100,000 in our society as things keep going up isn't a lot of money. And when you talk about especially people with dental problems, four million is a lot to be left out in the cold. That's exactly what I was going to say, is that if you look at 90,000, you know, 100,000 in a city like Vancouver or maybe Toronto, you are not striking it rich. Like I would describe someone, you know, just starting out as, you know, dare I say almost middle class. Like if you had to rent a place, pay for all your, you know, expenses, I don't know, this may be a little controversial, but personally, I think that uh, a single person or a family where that's their family income, I think you could still end up uh, struggling a little bit. Uh, definitely any incentive to get people to the dentist. I mean, I don't really know why it's not just included in our public health system. Uh, but you look at people, you know, haven't been to the dentist in years. Yours truly is not very good at going to the dentist. And it can cause all kinds of long-term problems later. And then you add this sort of stick instead of the carrot of having to fork out your money that you could just use for your pleasure or whatever your bills and other bills instead yeah i think it it sounds helpful but maybe we should be going further well and i don't know how it affects such as and again i'll again sorry folks to be ontario centric the people for example on ontario disability support um there's certain coverages you get uh, certainly always leaving you lacking to some degree, depending on a person's situation, uh, dental-wise. I don't know how this works with it or if it makes you exempt, so I haven't looked into that, so I don't want to pretend to be an expert on how that will affect. Greg, you see an arbitrary number of 90,000 and shake your head and say, what does this represent? Where, how did you get, did you derive at this number? Yeah, and I mean, when Grant was speaking, I was nodding my head the entire time because I agreed with everything that he said. And I think when it comes right down to it, you know, you know, speaking specifically about the disability community, you know, living on on uh, on a budget, a tight budget, mm -hmm. you're not going to you're not making the the boundary to to necessarily get coverage. And and I would agree with him about the middle class. You know, the middle class that I grew up in is is different now because of of you know the prices of everything. Uh, it's. I think that it should just be dental coverage for everybody like it is with health coverage. I don't understand mm -hmm. why there needs to be, you know, a monetary kind of goalpost that you need to aim for. It should just be available for everybody because like Grant said, not everybody can go to the dentist, has the time to go to the dentist, is nervous about going to the dentist and, and maybe having it up for, you know, available for free like our, our health care is, like our medical coverage is, uh, is kind of the answer. Yeah, it, I, I want to see this revamped. Obviously, I, I get kind of puzzled when you hear something like this. I change the number. Um, do I have a magic number on my own? What I think this should be at, so we're not excluding this amount of people, but there has got to be a way. There's got to be something you can look into because whether that $4 is there, you still need to encourage people. I mean, we're always going to have people who, as Grant says, just... I don't need to go. I don't like going. I whatever. Yeah. I'll go when I have to. But it's got to be there in a country like this. Um, and dental as it is, and we're not going to be doing anything about it, is incredibly expensive. So. Um, thanks for weighing in on that, guys. Two members of the Rogers family who opposed their brother Edwards plan to replace former chief executive Joe Madeley, uh with Tony Staffieri uh, have announced their retirement from the company's board of directors.
Rogers Communications says the decision by Melinda Rogers Hickson and Martha Rogers is part of a private settlement between members of the Rogers family. The sisters say in a joint statement they believe it's the appropriate time to retire from the board with family differences now settled. The siblings were at the center of a power struggle in 2021 when Edward wanted Natalie replaced with Staffieri, the company's former chief financial officer, while his mother Loretta Rogers and his sisters opposed the plan. Natalie sued the company for wrongful dismissal and breach of contract last year. The claim has not been tested in court. Michelle Zedekian, the Canadian Press. Back in the news again, media company Rogers. I mean, a couple weeks ago, we're raising people's uh, fees. And then, of course, there was a big, huge outage again. Not not quite the big one from a couple of years back. But we see this stuff going on all the time. Now we're getting announcements of, OK, the board's changing and stepping down and, and things like that. Um, always keeping us on our toes. Greg, what do you make of this? Oh, well, you know, every time a, a company like this, like Rogers, pops up in the news, I, I always it always makes me just think about how the telecommunication system here in this country is uh, is broken. I mean, I, I don't think that's necessarily your question. But when you think about the Rogers of the world that own so many channels and, and own the cell phones in your pockets or the bells that 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 own all of these companies and and also, you know, own the phone in your pocket. Uh, it just kind of makes me cringe because I just think of the monopoly that these companies have. So that's the first thought that I think think of rather than, oh, I feel badly for these people that are are retiring now because you know that their uh, their bank accounts, uh, speaking of 90,000, I think they've got a little bit more than 90,000 sitting in those bank accounts as they retire. Yeah. They don't worry about the dental program. It's yeah. tough because we know, for example, in the media, Rogers at least seems to have a little bit of a feel for the company's in media they have and what they want to do. doesn't mean they're not cloning everything and letting people go, but compared to Bell, where we stop and say, hey, they just don't seem to care about that. Nobody's sticking up for with the CRTC problem of not wanting to take care of prices being absolutely ridiculous and Canadians paying grant more for cell service than anyone else. And that includes, you know, the umbrella of, of Rogers and the subsidiaries from there. Oh, gosh, absolutely. If you look at our... our pricing it's uh i could use an extra ninety thousand dollars in my pocket to pay the bills you know what i find really interesting on, on a similar topic is just how like the the more power you have and the more wealth you have the little squabbles that you have in the family have more of an effect like with our families it might be like okay you're uninvited from thanksgiving dinner but with the rogers family it's like okay, now we're going to be restructuring our board at, you know, Rogers Communications. So I always find that really, uh, really interesting how family dynamics, well, yeah. It's like succession hey. in real life, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. Greg, you're going to bring up succession on us here. I know because it's true. The more, it, 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 whether it's the money, but we also know now this is just going to lead to more arguments of who yeah. does what, someone, well, what you're leaving. So what, who's taking over what, or how are we splitting this up? Uh, I want to talk just briefly about video games. A new study finds that uh, video gamers should probably turn down the volume. 
Gaming may be a common source of unsafe listening, says the British Medical Journal. Its latest review finds that gamers may be at an increased risk of hearing loss or tinnitus because they generally play with the volume turned up for long periods. But the journal also said more research is necessary to establish a stronger link between gaming and hearing issues. The paper looked at 14 different studies encompassing around 50,000 people. Mike Dubusky, ABC News. So I love my sound system, but as a blind person, I've kind of never really dabbled in these games, so it's kind of new to me. It goes back to where I think about listening to bad-sounding MP3s that we were told 20 years ago. They're killing your ears, you fools. Um, Now you've got these games to think about. Greg, do you play them loud if you play a video game? I'm not sure if you're a gamer at all. I am not a gamer, but it made me chuckle because I have listened to my hair metal through a set of headphones <laughs> ever since I was 13 years old, whether it was plugged into the home stereo at home, whether it was my waterproof Walkman strapped to my hip, whether it was my CD player in my car, to the earbuds that I have, to the headset that I'm using right now. I love to crank the tunes. And so I, it's always funny when one of these reports comes out because it's like, yeah, uh, this is probably really bad for your hearing, but we need to do more more studies uh yeah that's why i think about <laughs> yeah, that the easy I, way out yeah always <laughs> grant it's always the easy way out we need to throw some more money and do more studies well then we can take away from you know where we need the money to go the medical services as greg walks you know blaring his music with his sport walk <laughs> um Grant, you and I probably, if someone walked up and said, why Why do you have the TV on so loud or your audio? I love listening to audio, not games. I haven't really gotten into that, field, but I know I listen to ga- video, uh, TV, whatever, loud, because I want to hear every little sound to help me know what's going on. Oh, absolutely. I love audio. And like Greg, I grew up blaring music on my earbuds and being told this is this is bad for your ears, but we still kind of do it anyway because it's a habit. Yeah, yeah future generations going to have to really think about this. And they've been told that too. I'm sure all those people listening to our old radio shows, Grant, were told by their parents, would you turn that stupid turn shadow down. down? It'll kill your ears <laughs> listening to <laughs> Greg, thanks a lot for being on the program. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Greg David from our communications department joining us on the roundtable. We do this on the program every Thursday when we invite somebody in to hang out with the hosts and have some different conversation, different subjects. We'll step aside for a moment. When we return, Grant and I will tell you what's coming up on Now with Dave Brown tomorrow. Preview our program and Rumia left us an interesting closing moment. We'll get into that after this. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. 